is the Driven Women's Guide to Love, Life, and Business. Hosted by the boss ladies Alex and Gabby. Combined, their network gathers an array of women from various industries who exemplify strength and tenacity. Their fun and positive approach to life will awaken the boss in you. You're listening to Girls Gone Boss. Astrid Bavadesco is a Venezuelan-Colombian former reality TV personality, entrepreneur, and therapist. She appeared on season one and two of E! Entertainment's Wags Miami. She's also a swimsuit designer and co-owner of Hera Swim. She has an associate degree in occupational therapy, a bachelor's degree in health science, and a master's degree in speech-language pathology and communication disorders. Astrid has a strong passion for helping women and children and stands behind causes like autism, mental health, and women empowerment. She is also an advocate for Venezuelan human rights and peaceful protests. Welcome, Astrid. Welcome, girl. Hey, <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for having me. I feel like I know you already. That's I feel amazing. like I've known you for years. <laughs> right? Yeah. That's it's all through BB to kind of explain it to the listeners. So she's like best friends with BB and we're all friends with BB. So you guys took a really cool trip together for your birthday. Yes. Like two years ago, right? Yes, we did. We went to Cartagena, Colombia, and that was a lot of fun. I love traveling for my birthday. My birthday is also coming up and I'm going back to Colombia. That's awesome. <laughs> and it was just a girl's trip, correct? Yeah. I love doing girls trips. It's so much fun. That's I my mean, favorite too. I mean, I love vacations in a sense. Oh, yes. <laughs> vacations are always like a great time, but they're just different. You know, it's very different between a girl's of trip course. and a vacation. And I don't, for me particularly, I don't like taking a lot of girlfriends in one trip. Like I think two to three is max. Oh, no, I could do a squad. I could what? pull up squatted. Yeah, I, I mean, it's she a kind of people. I, you're like a girl. Yeah. You're a girl's girl, huh? I am a girl's girls. And I mean, as long as like the vibe is good, the energy is good, like we're good. The more the merrier. Well, I met you through Sarah Kiba's women's dinner the other day. And we technically were like, hey, girl, you should be in the podcast. OK, me too. I'll be there. I oh, know. Boom, I'm boom, like, boom. she is boom. on it. I was like, she is on it. But I like that. I love women that get shit done. Yes. Am I allowed to curse on yes. here? I'm like, oops. Yes, just, you okay. are. Because sometimes I have a little bit of a potty mouth, but no worries. <laughs> no, but I saw that you were connected with BB, but I thought that you had just met that day. No, and Baby then she and like, I went to the same elementary school. We were neighbors, um, went to the same middle school. Um, she's been like one of my besties. Yeah, she's been. We love her around here. I know. She's awesome. She's a great soul. She is. So tell us about you growing up young, young Astrid. Tell so us about her. Young Astrid grew up in Venezuela. Uh, I was born in Caracas, which is the capital. Uh, it was very, very different than the way I see children grow up here. Uh, very outdoorsy, you know, in the back of my house, we had all kind of stuff going on. Like my father would put me on his shoulder and with a machete, we'd go out and get corn. It was just, it was so much fun. I had all kinds of trees in my backyard and um, I had all kinds of animals. I had like chicks and chickens and all kinds of stuff. So it was definitely very different than um, just being stuck, like watching TV here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and not that all parents do that, but just in general, when I did come to America, I was like, Hey, can we like go, go play outside? I used to always have my little hopscotch thing and I'd be like done with my homework and be like, Hey mom, gotta go. Gonna run down the block to the neighbor's house. And then all the kids would meet. we'd go to the park. It was just like very different. Um, but I did. I moved to the U.S. when I was second grade. 
Second. That would make you like around seven, seven. six, seven. Okay. Um, so I did. We moved to America. <laughs> and how was that? Was that shocking? Luckily for me, my parents kind of knew that that was going to be like the end goal was to make it to America. Uh, so I did go to a bilingual school. So I had a little like kickstart when it came to the language. So I don't think uh, English was a big barrier. But yeah, just being like the new girl in school and all that stuff, I think. Um, and then my name was Astrid and all the kids were like, what is an Astrid? And I was like, <laughs> um, but other than that, it was great. I loved it. I loved my elementary school and my teachers made it like a really, really easy transition. And as a little girl, did you kind of already have some interest in mind of what you wanted to do? Uh, when I was little in Venezuela, I did a lot of um, commercials, like TV commercials. I was always into dance and I I really loved all of that. And then I came to this school and I went to Gilbert Porter Elementary and it was all about NASA. And I thought I wanted to be an astronaut. And I thought it would be the coolest thing for me to be like Astrid the astronaut. (laughs) That would be cool. So for a really long time, I was really into science and into the whole spaceship and astronaut and the planet. So that's what I really thought I was going to do. I was going to be Astrid the astronaut. (laughs) Wow. That is cute. Astrid the astronaut. And then when did you start to kind of evolve into really what you wanted to do? Or it took some time? Yeah, it took some time. Um... I had an injury when I was around 18, I believe. I don't even remember how old I was, but I had an injury in which I fractured my pelvis. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I was, that was actually, that was really tragic, but I fell uh, at a club (laughs) and I fell from the second floor to the first floor. No way. It was, yeah, it was, it was a whole. Here in Miami? Here in Miami, in the Grove actually. And, um, to make a long story short, I fractured my pelvis and I ended up, you know, just bed bound, uh, after I had where my fracture was, they couldn't cast it. They couldn't surgery. They couldn't do anything. I just kind of had to lay in bed for months and let it heal. And then from there I went to a wheelchair and then crutches and then eventually therapy. And I think that was like my first introduction to, the therapy world. Wow, Astrid, I had no idea. Mm-hmm. That's insane. Yeah, crazy. At that point, how old were you? I was 19, 18, 19. Wow. So how long was your recovery? Um, I was bed bound for like about four to five months. So yeah, I mean, crazy. You know, and that's during that like, really... time, there wasn't social media or like, what were you no. doing? Um, Actually, my best friend is still, who is still my best friend for the, to this day, Shabazz, like she would come over and just like read magazines to me and we'd watch TV. I think she actually probably like did my pedicure even sometimes because I couldn't even do my hands or my feet. And, you know, as, as terrible as it is, I had, you know, luckily my parents, my mom would make sure that whenever I went to the bathroom, she'd clean me up. I couldn't get up to go to the wow. bathroom. Um so grateful for them. Do and you think grateful- that was like a turning point in your early life? I mean, because you were rather so young. young. Yeah, I think it was a big eye opener to a lot of things, including like friends and who you have around. You know, when you're stuck bedbound, you're really not the fun girl. So not a lot of my friends came to visit during the time or people I considered to be my friends. Um But like they say, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. I really 
rose from that. Rose from it. I let go of people that I knew weren't my friends. I focused my energy on, you know, opening my eyes to this whole therapeutic world because it got to a point that when the doctor was like, oh, there's nothing we could do for your hip. You know, so many things cross your mind when you're laying on that bed. You're like, are you am I ever going to be able to walk again? Like, how does this what what happens from here? You know, so I think that was like a big um, eye opener for me and as to what I wanted to do with my life career wise. Right. Because then it introduced you to some of these therapists that probably made a difference for you. Right. Of course. Yeah. And how did you use that to kind of like spark that interest in that field? So um, physical therapy wasn't really too much for me, but I did um, at the place where I had where I would do my physical therapy, there was an occupational therapist and that really was interested and interesting to me. So I actually took that route. I I was like, I want to do occupational therapy. Then I, when I started working with an occupational therapist, we um, it was pediatrics. So it was more children. And then from there, I saw how they would work with speech pathologists. And I was like, oh my gosh, wait, I don't want to be an occupational therapist anymore. I want to be a speech pathologist. And then speech pathologists work with behavioral therapists. It's just like a whole team effort to, you know, like, the progress of the patient. And um, so I, I figured that speech was going to be for me. I love speaking. I love communicating. I'm a very emotional person. I'm a cancer. Um, so also from very young in life, I had to figure out how to communicate and express myself appropriately, you know, because I was just such a, like an impulsive and like emotional driven person. So I thought I was like, you know what? Speech is really my thing. And okay, just for our listeners, what is exactly a speech pathologist? So a speech language pathologist is a professional that specializes in evaluating, diagnosing, and treating communication disorders, cognitive communication disorders, voice disorders, and swallowing disorders. So most people that think are like, so you're a speech pathologist, so you teach people how to speak. I'm like, yeah, we do do that. You treat people that stutter. I'm like, yes, we do do that. But we also work with individuals that have voice disorders and swallowing disorders. So it's pretty, pretty interesting. It's very in-depth what we do. And when I got into it, I didn't think grad school was going to be as challenging as it was. What do you have to get? What kind of degree do you have to get to be a speech pathologist? So it's a master's. Oh, okay. It's a master's so degree you, in speech. It language. wouldn't be an undergrad only. No. Oh. So um, I have my associates in occupational therapy. I have a bachelor's in health science and I have a master's in speech language pathology. So it is a lot a of road. school. And after you're done, you have pretty much... Um, it's almost like a year of a clinical fellowship that you have to do after. So I think when I first got into it, I didn't put all those things into perspective. I didn't know I was going to be in school for that long. And then, you know, when I, once I was in, I was in too deep. Right. <laughs> I was so like, you couldn't go back. You couldn't back. go back. I'm like, yeah. that's it. This is what I said I'm going to do. And this is what I'm doing. And how long was that? Like, OK, getting all of the, those degrees. How many years is that? Probably took me about nine what? Yeah. Oh my God. The average person, it takes them probably around eight, but you know, along the way I launched a business and then I took on reality TV and it definitely, which I love that about your, <laughs> your career because you were able to like, you know, 
uh, juggle different interests and passion points, but still your core has always been therapy, which I found it very interesting. Yes. So I'm actually very grateful for my boss because I've been working for her for years and she was kind of like the one person other than my mother that I was like scared to run things by. I'm like, how do I tell Laura that now I'm going to do a reality TV show and that I might not be coming to work for a little bit, but I don't want to lose my job. It's just like (laughs) maybe less hours. And um, her and her husband were just so supportive. They've always been so supportive on everything I've wanted to do. I think deep inside, they know that I'm really passionate. I do well with my kids and I love it, but I am young and other things do call my attention. And sometimes you just need to get it out of your system, you know? Right. And how old are the kids that you typically work with? Uh, They range between 18 months. And I think my oldest one right now is probably 14. Oh, wow. So it's a wide range. Yeah. And do you ever work with adults? I did, which is um, I love working with adults. I did my last internship at a skilled nursing facility and it was mostly with adults and dysphagia, which is like swallowing disorders. And that was like one of my favorite. How do you how do you like help someone with a swallowing disorder, for example? Like what are the steps that you do in order to help them swallow correctly? Yeah, it's um modify their diets, you know, what they're eating, making sure you refer them to the appropriate testing. Some of them, you know, need to have like swallow tests. You know, it's a lot that goes into it. And it's not just teaching them how to swallow correctly because, yeah, we do teach them um, techniques, but just making sure that they're consuming the, the adequate consistencies and that allow you to swallow so easier, easier, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I didn't even know there was like certain diet to help you I know didn't know how that to either. swallow. I didn't know there was there was that issue. I didn't even know that existed. Oh, That's so interesting. Yeah. If you're in the nursing home, so many people, you know, have to deal with it. And a lot of the patients they have to swallow pills. if they don't, yeah. you know, if they're not, if they're aspirating, they could die. So it's actually, yeah. And they have to swallow pills, you know, so it's a lot that goes into it. We also work with um, patients that have trachs and all that stuff. So, I mean, it's really, really. But I feel like your energy is like so sweet and calm that like I could see you working with people really well, especially people that need your help and can't probably communicate that well. Right. Yes. And it's a lot of. um patience you know I feel like I am understanding and I have the patience for my patients and when I'm at work when I'm out of work I do not have the patience because I'm like okay I have a low bullshit tolerance buddy like (laughs) you know it's completely different when I'm outside of work than when I am at work which I love that. I feel like all of us women, especially the ones listening, and we have the that versatility that we can be like super professional at work, but then we let loose with our girls or like we don't take shit from like whoever. But it's it's great that you have that versatility. And guys, when you guys see her, she's gorgeous. She dresses <laughs> like you. to the nines. Like you you wouldn't think that she's a speech pathologist. Right. Which is like the number one thing. I'm like, you can be both. You can exactly. be everything. You can be Sexy anything. Theory. Yeah, and you know, sometimes obviously I show up to work and I'm like, okay, maybe like, let me take it down a notch because my (laughs) parents are going to be like, whoa. Um, But 
you know, that's a that's a beautiful thing. You know, just because you want to be a professional doesn't mean you have to give up sexy or you don't have to give up fierce. You know, you don't have yes. to give up who you are. You know, I find it's so rewarding when I go to work and that just feels a completely different side of me than my sexiness and my fierceness. And, you know, it's just kind of like little parts that make me. Exactly. And which is important too, because you said that, okay, let's, let's start from the beginning of wax. You get the call from wax, right? You're already a therapist working in your field. I wasn't a therapist yet. yet. I was uh, in grad school and I get the call from my best friend, Claudia Mm -hmm. San Pedro. And she was like, Hey girl. (laughs) I'm like, Hey, what's up? (laughs) She's like, do you want to go on a reality show? And I'm like, Oh yeah. I mean, what? (laughs) Who doesn't want to go on a reality show with their friends. I mean, I feel like growing up, I'm like, my friends and I should have a show together. Yeah. We always say that. <laughs> <laughs> like, if we only had a show together, oh my God. So I was like, yeah, I mean, what? What is this show about? Um, there was already a Wags LA. So she was like, um, well, you know, the show Wags LA, they're doing a Wags Miami. They called to um, they called me and asked if I had anybody or a best friend that had also um that ha- that is dating or has dated a professional athlete. So for those that don't know, WAG stands for Wives and Girlfriends of Sports Stars. Or is that what it is? Yeah. 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 Sounds like so it. So that's what it is. And um, so at that time, I had recently broke up with one of my ex-boyfriends who played football and I was dating another um, professional football player. And I was like, yeah, I mean, I'm down. How bad could this be? Let's <laughs> oh, do it. Like, okay. <laughs> I was actually very excited and I love the Wags LA. I'm actually really big fan of a couple of girls on Wags LA. So I was like, yeah, let's do this. And how many seasons did you end up doing? We did two. Okay. Okay. But tell us about the experience. Yeah. <laughs> because I think, you know, that also was a big part of like your, you know, evolution as a woman. Yeah, it was. Um, You know, the beginning was all fun and I don't want to say like it was all negative because it wasn't, you know, it was it felt so good to just like wake up, know you're going filming, you're getting your makeup done. Everybody's giving you free looks and I'm just straight getting styled and, you know, you're showing up. There's lights, there's camera, there's glam, there's champagne everywhere. You're like, yes, you know, you're living life. Um, but then you start getting to like the ugly side of reality TV in which, you know, you want to portray who you are and you want to just honestly put out there like the best version of you. And that's completely opposite than what the viewers want and what the producers really want. Right. They want like the nastiness. They want the drama. They want you to, you know. They want you to fuck each other up pretty much. They want you to like hate each other and give them that drama. And um, I mean, I think it got to that point and it did. It got nasty. It got really nasty. I had never suffered of like any sort of mental health, any kind of issue. And I felt like for the first time in my life, I experienced like a panic attack. And I was in Croatia on a trip and we're filming and I'm just like... You know, I remember Claudia didn't make it to that trip, but I didn't know what an anxiety attack was. I I never even thought that I was having an anxiety attack. I thought I was having a heart attack. I was like, 
that's this, what it feels like. Yeah. I was yeah. like, this is what it, I lost it. And, and during that little period of time that I had my panic attack, like, I don't clearly remember what I said, what happened, nothing. The only thing I remember is like the aftermath of me just like running to my room, calling Claudia and just like losing it, crying and just saying like, I want to go home. I'm here by myself. Like I got set up again. I almost got killed out here and I have nobody that genuinely has my back, you know? And, um, after that, I did give season two a try. Just, I think I was like, I think it was also like I had a contract and it was just like too much of an issue for me to like pull away. And I felt like I could really like control everything. I was like, you know what? Well, That's you think it. that the second time yeah. around, you're going to be smarter about yeah, it, I'm like, right? I'm, I'm so smart. Right. I'm smarter than this. I'm a pro now. They they got me season one. Now the joke is on them. Like, now yeah, I know, I know how this up. works. Exactly. No. Like once again, the joke was on me and I ended up kind of like in the same predicament, same situations. Um, but what was it? It was just mainly like you felt attacked. Like it was kind of like, like cattiness, the, the pettiness. Yeah, and so I feel like it was just like very divided in a sense. I felt like, you know, a lot of the cast members just had it out for Claudia and she's my best friend and I am the type of friend. I'm very loyal and I feel like I took a lot of you know, like hits and stuff just because of the drama they had with her. I wasn't okay with them talking shit about her in front of me. protecting her. Yeah, I wasn't okay with it. And then, you know, it became like, since she wasn't around anymore for them to attack her, then I felt like it was now... Projected to to you. Yeah, to me. Um, And... Yeah. After that, I knew I was like, you know what? I I can't do this any longer just because it was putting me in such a bad place. And there's like some girls on WAGs that I am still friends with, you know, and and I think they're great, great people. And it was just ruining all of that. It was ruining our chemistry. It was ruining our friendship. It was ruining like some of their lives. And I'm like, this is not even... And you're such a girl's girl that you want to empower girls. Like, it was really going against everything that you believed in. Yeah. So, I mean, when I first... I, I Yeah, it, it was just completely going against everything I believed in. And I think I said this at Sarah's dinner. Um, you know, it all. this was also another time in my life where a lot of things were put into perspective. Because I'm showing up. We're filming. These girls and all of us are showing up in Mercedes... Um, Ferraris, Range Rovers, sick cars, beautiful purses. You're eating like the most expensive lobster, seafood, best restaurants in Miami, living the ultimate glam life. And everybody's just bickering, fighting, insulting each other and just like bringing each other down. And then I would go to work and have real life. (laughs) And then I would like show up and I would see my little patients like walk in and they have every reason quote unquote to probably be sad be upset question god all kinds of things that you can imagine and and they just have a smile on their face and they're so happy to see you and they're like just living and so full of life that i was like all right <laughs> you know something this is gonna, not this, this is this is not this is not what's up it's not cool like we have every reason to be happy and we're not, I really love what I do. This is, you know, 
these kids are giving me life. And this reality show is like taking energy and life away from me. Um, How was the the feedback from the viewers, though? Did you have happen to have like a lot of hate and bullying or was it more like a positive like people have your back? Um, I feel like my fans were like really awesome. And um, I did get a lot of positive feedback, but I also felt like there was like a lot of people that just didn't like Claudia and I. And I feel like it's people that didn't get the chance to see more of us. You know, I feel like the judges were, you know, walking around, pretty girls, big butts. Yeah, and the stereotype of like dating the sports guys in Miami, you know, it's already like. We're Hispanic, quote unquote, gold digging. All this kind of stuff was just like surrounded, like surrounding us. And I'm like, you people don't really know us and you don't know how hard we work on a day to day basis, not only on what we do, but also like on ourselves that, um, yeah, I, it was like the internet, you know, you got to take it for what it is. I love it. And I hate it at the same time. And sometimes I would read things about myself that I'm like, (laughs) give me a break, you know, but it's cool. I mean, I was presented with situations on the show. They, you know, made it seem that I was like hooking up with two guys at the same time. I was kind of like talking dating. to both of them. How I'm was dating. that dating like on TV? I'm, yeah, I'm, I have issues dating on like yeah, regular, regular life. life right. Imagine? It's awkward. It's awkward. It's it's awkward. But you but I'm not married. I don't have a ring on my finger. You know, I'm I'm out here. I'm playing the game. Like, okay. what, what are we going to do? You know? <laughs> And, um, you know, they just made it seem that, you know, I'm such a hoe for dating to talking to two guys at the same time. And I just got so much um, backlash because of that. And I'm like, first of all, they're probably talking to more than just me to begin with, too. And it's such a double standard. It is. And it's not even men that are doing this. It's like women that are doing this to each other. Like, sweetheart, it's okay to talk and get to know people. It's okay to have friends. You know, you don't need to, you know name call somebody just because she has two guy friends that she's trying to get to know. Like, it was just kind of like dirty. But I was like, there's too much of a double standard going on. I'm just trying to live my life. It would have been up to me. I would have married my little boyfriend from elementary school. I think that would have been up to us. That's not the way my cards have been played, you know? Like, if it could have been for me. So dating still kind of a... I mean, we do live in a very difficult city. (laughs) Yeah, but you know... I love dating. I love it. Really? Yeah, I love it. And I am such like a hopeless romantic. My parents have been together for like 35 years. And every Friday night, even last night, my parents like got dressed up. My dad took my mother out to dinner. Then they went to ball and chain. And my parents got (laughs) home later than I did. And I'm like, you know, gives me so much to look forward to. And just kind of like, that foundation, you know, is what I'm trying to build. So I don't yeah. think dating is a piece of cake. I don't think it's easy. But you know what's hard? I went on a date the other day. The hard part is when you don't connect. And it's like, I feel bad to like, like, oh, okay, no, I don't feel bad if you don't connect. We connect. <laughs> I know, but like, you you just don't talk to them ever again, right? Like, you, no, just, you just friend zone them. Oh. <laughs> She's a pro at this. <laughs> yeah, you friend zoned. <laughs> okay, but then do you go on dates like a lot? Um, Because it's good to practice, right? It's good to practice. I honestly, it's so funny because I feel like once I like one guy, I like to stick to that one thing, you know? So, yeah, like I'll I'll just stick to one guy for like a long period of time. And so I'm like, okay, this is not working out. 
Thank you. So you focus on that one guy. Yeah. So then I'm like, okay, you know, thank you next. And then, you know, but I, I don't like to like, you know, I will I'll talk to one guy, two guys, but if I'm really like having a good connection with one guy and we're vibing, I like to see him often. And I, I just don't, my schedule is so busy. I don't like to just like juggle a bunch exactly. of guys. We don't so, have time yeah, I don't to have be time like... for all that. I don't have time for like a Monday, Wednesday and Friday. Guy. Yeah. Like I want that one guy to be my Monday, Wednesday and Friday guy. So Wags, what were the big te- takeaways? Because I feel like in our lives, we always go through something and we have to like, you know, rise and then take away something, something. with us. Yeah. Um, so I think the biggest um, takeaway. Are we talking about like. Like flipping that negative energy that you were feeling. Like yeah. there was like you flipped it and you were like, this is no longer going to serve me. What's a positive thing that yeah. came yeah. out of it? I think one of the most positive things that came out of it is that I realized that I am a really loyal person and that I would sacrifice a lot of other things for one valuable relationship. So I do believe in quality over quantity. I don't want to be cool with everybody. I want to have like that one solid friendship. I want to have like that one solid relationship. So I think, you know, Wags taught me that it is okay to, you know, turn away from the crowd to just be solid to what you believe in. Yeah. And also like building yourself and becoming solid. It's like you attract the right people too. Right. Like we were talking at the dinner, like all of us were on the same vibration, you know. Yeah. It's so important to be in that. And you feel it and you Mm -hmm. feel it. So I think that was the really one of the positive things that I was able to. So you would never do reality again or would you? I I wouldn't. Never. (laughs) Never. Even if it's like positive reality. I feel like I don't think there's positive reality. (laughs) Never? Where have you seen positive reality? So this is another mistake I made. Super Soul Sunday. Well, I would do Super Soul Sunday. That is like my shit. I love it. I love it too. That's what I listen to her Super Soul Conversations. Like that's what I like listen to all the time. But um. No, my other mistake is like I never watched like really reality TV until I was in it. Was in it. I I did watch like The Hills back in the day and like maybe Laguna Beach. Um, but that was like so produced and nice and like it was like I thought yeah there was a little bit of fear in there, but it wasn't like I never watched like Love and Hip Hop or Basketball Wives. (laughs) I never done any of that. I had watched a little bit of um, Wags LA because I knew some of the girls or I knew of some of the girls on it. So I would, but I never like watched like a full episode. I just like knew of it. And like, I liked some of the girls on it. That's amazing. So no more reality TV. Forget it. No. You're going to continue just... (laughs) Keep doing what you love. You have, obviously, we mentioned your swimwear line. Yes. So how do you juggle, like, being a therapist, a reality TV, do you know, creating products? And I'm sure you have other things that you want to do. You do events. I do. So um, I think the number one thing is time management and prioritizing. You know, I, I feel like at first I used to be this big procrastinator. And if I had something due or something to do, I'm like, oh, I, I just work so great under pressure. And then I'm like, no, bitch, you don't. <laughs> You're freaking out now. Like, get it together. You have this coming up. You have to plan ahead. And um, I think that's like my number one thing when people ask me, like, how do you do everything? And I'm like, 
time management. I know what's important for me and I know what comes first. Like even when I was filming WAGS, I was in grad school and it was really, really hard for me. But the producers knew that when I had school or I had a test coming up, like count me out. And I would give up, you know, being on some scenes because I had to do that. Priorities. And that was just what I needed I to love do. Beca- I love it because you have like defied that misconception of the reality TV girl from Miami that dates athletes. Right. You're not that you're like an independent woman like Alex and I, I like all of us that are listening but you just happen to want to date an athlete and that's nothing to be like a, yeah. you know crucified for yeah and it's crazy like most people don't know the first time I dated an athlete um, I didn't really know no, he was an athlete no I, I didn't mm-hmm. I didn't I was actually set up by a life coach who was like hey I have this guy that I think you and him would be like really compatible and I want you guys I'm going to give you I'm going to give him your number and I want you to give it a chance, but I don't want him. You're not going to send him any pictures of you and he's not going to send you any pictures of himself. Oh, my either. God, a blind date. Yeah. So it was like that. It, that was the first time. And then it just it turned out being that there know, was a connection, you know, there was a connection. And then we actually met in person. He flew down to Miami and then I just had like a little freaking huge teddy bear. And I'm like, what? Wow, this is like not what he I was. He brought you a big teddy bear. <laughs> no, like he was a oh. huge teddy bear. I'm like, he, I'm I was like, like, he like brought you a teddy bear. I'm like, wow, I oh. ended up with this huge boyfriend. Um, but <laughs> I'm, I'm picturing the teddy bears from just like the walk. festivals. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. He was just like this huge guy, and I was just like, all right. I mean, I'm into it. Uh-huh. And then, um, but yeah, it, it's not like I was like, hey, let me go out there and find like an right. athlete. You right. know, it was just this amazing like coach. You know, that, and like, I saw I saw a an episode on YouTube that you were in a jacuzzi with the girls, and you kind of were the one that was trying to inspire one of the girls to like, you got to do your thing, and you got to be independent, and <laughs> Like you were like preaching to them about like, you know, like having your own. own. I mean, and honestly, this is like a a, a really fun story, I guess. But my mother has always just like taught me that, you know, when my father met my mom, um, my mom had her own stuff going on. She had her shit going on. She was like, you know, I got with your dad pretty much because he was very persistent, but not because I needed him for anything you know I had my own apartment I had my own car I had my own business and not that she's like you don't need a man for anything but she's like you need to just hold your own because you want to be with somebody because you love them because you want them because you need need them them. exactly so um you've always had that mentality yeah I'm like and and it's funny because in my introduction, the wags thing, you know, I think it came across kind of like the wrong way. But I was just like, you know, these guys haven't shown me anything that I hadn't seen before. You know, it wasn't like you're impressing me because of what you have, because very fortunately for me, my parents have provided me with an amazing life. So I've traveled before. I've, I've been in nice cars before. I've ate at the nicest restaurants before. So it was kind of like, I, uh, like it was genuine. Like, I want to get to know you because I really like you. What you do is a plus because I love sporting events. So hell yeah, that's amazing. And you got such a rush. It's such a kick. Um, but it wasn't like the only thing. Right. Do you believe in manifesting? I do. I do. I do believe in manifesting, but I also think that in order for you to like manifest, you can't just like put the thoughts out there and not put in the work. I think that your effort 
needs to match your manifestation. The vision. Yeah, the vision. So I'm like, if you want to manifest this, you have to, you know, make short term goals and and step your way to that big. Because I'm going to tell you, um, I I did a a list where I'm trying to manifest my ideal man. Right. (laughs) But the shit is like 90 things. And the people at work are laughing at me like, bitch, you crazy. crazy. (laughs) And I'm like, I'm not that crazy because I really believe in it. Like, I believe in like writing things down and like, obviously, I'm not going to get all 90 things. Let's be real. But the guy that I put in my list is pretty dope. I'm like, damn, I hope you meet him. Yeah, he uh, he's out there, girl. He's out there. I see it. But do you I think see your that vision. we should do a list or not? Is that I mean, much? I do a mental list. I know that there's some things that I, I want for sure. There's some things that I know that I like need my man to have. There's some things that I'm okay with him not having, I guess. There's some things that I guess I can tolerate, you know, but... I mean, I don't like write it down. Like right, he has right. to be tall. He has to be dark. He has to have light eyes. He has to have muscles. He has to have no, money. No, like mine's like specific. Career. Like, um, okay, I don't want him to be on social media. But if he is, he it needs to be for his business. And he's only like promoting business. Not like freaking taking selfies and DMing bitches. That's my so specific thing. One thing. That's just one thing okay. out of the 90. Yeah, you see, like, one thing that I literally, like, need my man to be your man to have is family-oriented. I need him to love his mother. I want to know that you have a good relationship with your mom. Well, yeah. And if you have a social media and, hey, every once in a while you're posting about how much your mom loves you, then I like you. I like that, too. But I just feel like (laughs) social media is, like, dangerous. Really? I, you know, it is what it is. And, And like I said, I don't, there's so many other things that I think to are me more are more relevant yeah. and more important than me worrying about if you have a social media or if some girls in your DM, you know, I think if we have the right foundation, we You're have right. like a good um, connection. And if God is at the center of our relationship or we have, you know, if you don't believe in God, if you have the same beliefs and the same values, that's super important. Then, yeah. then social media wouldn't even be an issue. Yeah, you exactly. know, exactly. So I think there's other things that I put more value on. Yeah, yeah. That's just one of my specifics. Specific. That's how specific I get in my list. But I think that you're Obviously, supposed there's to priorities. get specific, though. Yeah, like, yeah, of course. Like, so that no, there's no way of anything else getting, getting in there. there. Like, yeah, exactly. If that's exactly If that's exactly what you're looking for, then you need to, like... Yeah, that's one of, I, like, the things that I do value. Obviously, the priorities would be, like, family, you know, him being, like, you know, you know, conscious about, like, you know, wellness and yeah, and which is another thing that people are like, oh, I don't understand why you've dated athletes. Like, what's so? And I'm like, you know, people like just put titles on everybody. And yeah, you know, I have dated athletes, but they don't see beyond what an athlete is. Like these athletes live like a very disciplined, disciplined yeah. life. They're very healthy. They're very active. They're, you know, they. They wake up, they grind, they're hard workers, they're, you know, they have a vision and granted. Team players. Yeah, they they know how to work well with others. And obviously not everybody has these qualities, but the majority do. And those are some qualities that I love in a man, you know? I agree. I agree. So what's next for you? Oh my goodness, so many things. I actually just um, took on MLM. Oh my God. Tell us so about that. I be, I went on this hair journey just because I wanted to get rid of extensions and I 
started like seeing that this like healthy hair revolution was like it. And it's like everybody's like ditching extensions and just taking care of their hair. And I came across this amazing company who does multi-level marketing and I've actually been doing that. It's going so well. At first I was like, skeptical because I think everybody's skeptical of multi-level marketing companies. Um, But for me, it was like a win-win thing. I'm like, now I go out and I get more compliments on my hair than I do on my ass. And I'm like, what the (laughs) fuck is going on? You do have really pretty shiny hair. Yeah. I'm like, I love it. And if you were to see my hair, what it looked like a year and six months ago, like a year and a half ago, you'd be like, that's a broom. That's not a hair. (laughs) Um, So I did that and um, it's going amazing. I, I love the concept of multi-level marketing and I love that I can use my social media for it. Um, and other than that, I think um, our next step, which I'm working alongside Bibi and Claudia, is just getting in touch with like the community more and just especially women. Because, like I said, throughout reality TV and just growing up in Miami, we we have realized that there's like this stigma that surrounds who Miami, like what the Miami girl is like. And I think we have a good enough platform to redefine and not only redefine, but just show people that there is more to, quote unquote, Miami girls, that there is. You know, there's depth to us. There's depth. There's there's passion. There's a lot. So um, I think we have an event coming up. It's on August 15th. It's actually next month. It's like creeping up. Um, And as we get more details on it, I'll be posting on my social media. So Claudia and Bibby. And I think this will be like a great way for us to you know, speak more on things we believe on and believe in and connect with other women in Miami and hopefully, you know, in other cities and, you know, just provide also like a safe place for women. You know, I really love what Sarah did. She's inspired us. Um, we are going to donate some proceeds of our event to her A1 Foundation. And, you know, I just think that we're going to do something great. And so there you go. This is a positive. This is your turning your, um, you know, the the opportunity that you had to build your platform from WAGS into now giving back. Because obviously you have a lot of following, a lot of fans. Yes. So now you're turning and giving it back to turn into something positive that will create community. Exactly. So that's perfect. Yes. And, you know, it's also part of my growth, you know, because I can't really like, I'm not the same person I was when I was filming WAGS. I'm not the same person I was when I was in grad school. I'm not the same person I was when I had my hip injury, you know? Um, There's there's always been like certain course. And I always say this, like I'm very grateful for my parents because they provided such like a stable home and like just showed me so much love always. So I've always had like a big heart. Um, But I see that just... I've been able to grow and and growing up, there weren't that many communities for women. It was more like it's just always been so competitive. So I think that this is like a great this is going to be great. Great for me as I keep growing and great for other women to be able to like grow along with us. 
That's beautiful. We would love to be a part of that or go yes. to the event. Yes, yes. Count on us. You. Count on us. And no, you're right. Like the Miami girl is totally different from that stereotype because we sit down with so many women that are from here. We have over 50 interviews with women here in Miami that are exceptionally beautiful women, hardworking, inspiring, yeah. and just driven. And beautiful, voluptuous, gorgeous, sexy, but it makes us who we are. We're fiery, we're passionate, but we're like real. Yeah. And I mean, it's like, it's a big deal also for me because, you know, there's a lot of like negative talk on like immigrants and coming to this country. And I'm like, listen, my parents made such a big sacrifice to leave it all behind to provide me with a better future. I wasn't going to come to this country and like, fuck it up. I was like, my parents like worked so hard to get here. They knew that like, you know, they were leaving family behind. I still have a sister in Venezuela. Like there, it's a lot. And and once once we were here, I'm like, man, I'm so lucky. I see so many friends I left behind, so many family members I left behind. Like, I'm not gonna come here and just be like like Sit chilling, on couch, sitting on the couch, like try to like yeah, their sacrifices were for something. They're they for, for a something. reason. They're exactly. for a reason. So I knew I had to get my education. Like sometimes I wanted to drop out of school. Like I can't even, I can't even like explain to you how many times I would walk up to my mom and I'm like, mom, I'm not going to sign up for next semester. Like I'm not doing this. And my mom's like, ay, mi niña, like you're almost there. Like you're almost there. I'm like, mom, you've been saying I'm almost there since I left high school. Like it's been like six, seven, eight years. And I'm still, you know, and then at the end of the day, when I got that diploma, I'm like, you know, just walking across that st like stage, I, I could just get like, and it brings tears to my eyes because I'm like, I can only imagine like what it was for my mom to just like, leave my other sister in Venezuela and just be like, you know, like, we got to do what we got to do, you know? So I hate all the negative talk about immigration and immigrants. Granted, I do believe in legal immigration because my parents did it legally. Um, but it's tough. It's tough for a lot of people. And I just think like, in general, then we need to just all be kinder to each other. And there needs to be more acceptance, like um, less titles and more like, love oh you guys just oh uh, that's beautiful <laughs> we cry on this podcast i just finished crying yes and, but yeah. i feel you because we're both you know daughters of immigrants yeah. and we both came here when we were little out of like our native countries but we both made our name for ourselves and we're still fighting to keep that legacy so we right. feel you a hundred percent so feel proud about that you are oh yeah i'm like you know and, and it's crazy because here, like in Miami, it's like a melting pot. But sometimes when you step out of Miami, like I've, I've heard all kinds of things. I've been disrespected. I've had like comments said, you know, and I'm just like, no, dude, I'm probably more educated than you and your mother. Mm -hmm. And I am an immigrant. Like, right. Stop being so nasty and just yeah. stop being so miserable and like find a place of love and acceptance, you know? So, and yeah, and I, I know you're also very um, passionate about Venezuela and, yeah, and advocating I mean, like, you know, the peaceful protests and all that stuff that's going on over there. Yeah, it is. It is, you know, every time there's like a protest or, or a rally or something going on in Venezuela, like my heart is just it 
it, it breaks because I have little nieces over there. I have my sister over there. I have cousins and people that go out and protest and you just never know when it's going to be them. You know, there's right. people dying left and right and they're just fighting for, you know, at this point, they're not even fighting for liberty. They're just fighting for like for, to, to, live. to live, like for yeah. food, for like normal living conditions for, you know, yeah, for medicine, medicine, yeah, medications, right. like for children, for animals, animals. It's just it's very, very sad. So, you know, my heart and like everything in me, like really feels for everybody back in Venezuela going through it, you know. So that's another thing that I'm very um, passionate about. No, I could see it. And I think that, you know, it, it just you're a ray of sunshine in everything that you do. And we hope that you get all the things that you want, including that wonderful man that you want to manifest. <laughs> right. He's there. He's, He's there. there. He's there. He just um, maybe needs to get it together. We'll see. If not, I got to keep giving. What is it? You got to kiss a bunch of frogs. frogs. Oh, honey, I've been through a lot of frogs. I'm over it. <laughs> really? Where's I'm the like, damn oh, prince? frog. Let's see what this one turns into. <laughs> Where can people reach you if they want to like, you know, get, you know, some yes, advice? Or I'm just actually very active with my followers on social media. I always write back. If you have any questions, I get a lot of questions about grad school, people interested in speech pathology, you can always reach me at Astrid Bavaresco. Um, that's my handle for everything. Twitter, we'll put Facebook. It, yeah, on um, your description. Yeah, too. it's not easy to spell. So let's yeah. type it below or above, <laughs> I don't know, somewhere. Oh, thank you so much, ladies. Didn't no, mean to like. You. No, we loved it because we like, got real. <laughs> don't worry. I'm like, and just to wrap like it up, one. do you have any advice for those girls listening right now that are coming up? Yes. Don't listen to anybody. Follow your heart. And I know it's um, it sounds cliche and people are like, yeah, I'm sure. But anything you really do set your mind to, you can like make it happen. You just have to manifest and put the work to manifest your vision. Um, hard work. You know, sometimes I tell people work in silence, let success make the noise, you know, don't be the type of person that's like, oh, I want to do this. And then you're posting about it, posting about it. And then it's like, oh, fuck, it didn't come through. Oops. I'm going to try another venture. No, like, you know, work hard, work in silence and let the let success talk. Yeah. Amazing. That's great advice. That's great advice. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Astrid. No, thank yes, you, ladies, so much you. for having me. I want like a hug now. We, like, yeah. we are going to hug you right now. Thank yeah. you for, for being so transparent. No, thank you, ladies, for having me. And thank you, everybody, for listening. Yes, I thank you, guys. Hear you guys slide in my DMs. Yes, yes. slide in the DMs. <laughs> Till next time. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. You're listening to Girls Gone Boss. Hosted by Alex and Gabby. I love you guys. Oh, yeah.